Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. It's episode 29, if you keep a track at home, I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always, episode 29. I'm thinking a little Eric Dickerson, but we did running backs last time. I'm thinking a little Earl Thomas, if we go more modern day, uh, so that's that type of episode that we're looking for. I want to welcome in my co-host, Jolan Bayoqua. Jolan, welcome to another episode. Shout out ET3, Earl Thomas, we see you, bro. Yeah, we see you, and we, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to welcome. There you go. Uh, I'm going to welcome in our guest for today, Nico Negrini. Again, another guy that we've we've been friends with since we were little kids, played sports with, uh, kind of grew up together. So, Nico, welcome to the podcast. How you guys doing? Glad yeah. to put in an input. Another day in paradise, right? Can't complain. Um, we're going to get a rolling here. I want to look back on last week in the NFL because we had some surprises. The Taysom Hill experiment continues to pay off. I'm not even going to talk about Chicago. Keep letting me down. Browns, statement win. I know the score was closer at the end, but it really was the Browns dominated that football game against Tennessee. Miami continues to win. Massive fight in that game. Uh, Brian Flores was on the field trying to fight people. What a, what a un, really weird type game. coach got punched. Don't hold me to that. I, Slapped I, open It hand. sounds about yeah. right. The Vikings should have lost to the Jaguars at home. They had them on the ropes, and Minnesota found a way to come back. The Raiders should have lost at the Jets, but we all know Greg Williams. Makes a wonderful Engage 8 blitz. If you know any Madden at all, you know Engage 8. Uh, he does that with about 13 seconds left. And Henry Ruggs scores a touchdown. For your casual listeners, that's cover zero, no safeties over top, with the game on the line, and no time left. And by the way, that's cover zero against the receiver and Henry Ruggs, who runs a 4 uh, So probably not your best bet. Greg Williams was uh, subsequently fired the next day. Jobless. Yeah, no surprise there. The Colts take care of business. Rams beat the Cardinals, which I didn't see. Kyler Murray didn't play that well. Uh, Jared Goff threw for 351 yards. The Giants, the upset of the week. They go into Seattle and win the game. And I'm going to say this, in spite of Colt McCoy. They didn't win the game because of Colt McCoy or with the help of Colt McCoy. They won it in spite of him. Really, Wayne Gallman, 16 carries, 135 yards. Really, that running attack carried this team. We'll get into this, but this raises some serious questions about Daniel Jones game managing. If you can take care of the football better, will we be in better spots? That's a really good question. And again, I've never been so happy to be wrong about a pick last week. Uh, the Packers, they roll over the Eagles. The Eagles now going to switch starting quarterbacks. Uh, the Patriots absolutely killed the Chargers. Ronnie, I'm sorry. This was your worst pick of the week. The Patriots beat them 45 nothing. Chiefs beat the Broncos. No surprise. Washington upsets the Steelers. They get their first loss of the season after losing Bud Dupree. Uh, you can kind of see it coming. The Bills beat the 49ers on the road. Josh Allen, again, looking like first month Josh Allen as opposed to October and November Josh Allen, which is a good sign for Buffalo. And the Ravens, they take care of the Cowboys. Uh, Des Bryant tests positive, quote-unquote, for COVID-19 the day of the game. He has, in the last three days, had three negative tests. So uh, I know there's a little, there's some conspiracies out there on the interwebs, the the deep, dark interwebs that Jerry Jones May or may not have planted that positive test. We are not going to go there. I would not put it past Jerry Jones. But again, like I said, we're not ever going to go there. But there was a lot of a lot of intrigue. Uh, again, Jolan, you mentioned uh, Daniel Jones. We're hoping he comes back. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get into the Giants matchup this weekend. But uh, eight and seven of my picks last week. Not a really good week. Still, I'm 61% on the year. I can't really complain. I have thrown some games away, sadly. Uh, but I started off with a win. Rams beat the Patriots this week. 
Uh, Patriots staring at missing the postseason this year. That is, they broke a streak of 17 consecutive seasons with 10-plus wins with their loss last night. They're going to finish under 10 wins this year. Uh, and who knows, Cam Newton might get benched again. Uh, but, Jolan, I know we got another exciting slate. I know Nico wants to talk some football. I want to talk some football. And our people want to hear some football. So let's get rolling. Week 14 kicked off with the L.A. Rams beating the New England Patriots 24-3, which brings us to our 1 p.m. matchups of Week 14. The 11-1 Chiefs at the 8-4 Dolphins. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 31 touchdowns with only two interceptions this season. The fewest interceptions in a season with at least 30 passing touchdowns is four, done by Tom Brady in 2010. He had 36. Both of Mahomes' picks this season have come against the Raiders. Goose, let's start with you. Who do you like in this matchup, and what's the keys for Miami if they're going to win this? Yeah, great. This is a great game, and for Miami, it's really kind of being who they are. Uh, I was listening to Dan Orlovsky on ESPN again, a guy that infamously ran out of the back of the end zone for an 0-16 team, but has turned himself into a great analyst, and I really like listening to how he breaks down matchups. He said, in this, when you look at the Dolphins, they have really big corners. They like to play man coverage. They like to play man coverage all day. The one team in the NFL you are never supposed to play man coverage against is Kansas City. Here's the key for Miami. Can you, can you survive in that man coverage? If you can't, you're screwed. If you can, you're going to hang around in this football game. I think the difference at that point in time becomes Travis Kelsey in the middle there working on linebackers, working on maybe a nickel corner, something like that, maybe a safety. So I still like the Chiefs in this game. I don't like them. I think the spread is seven in this game. Seven and a half favorite of the Chiefs. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Miami covers, but I think the Chiefs get the win in the end. I think Patrick Mahomes, that they're gearing up here for the postseason and a deep postseason run. They want that bye, and if they want it, they got to win this week. So, Nico, the Chiefs have played a bunch of porous teams recently. Um, the defense of the Dolphins is one they could definitely match up against. Who do you think the f- key factor of the Chiefs' offense needs to be this week for them to be successful and win a game by more than six points, which they haven't done in five weeks? I think the run game has to come out strong. Obviously, we know the Chiefs have a fantastic pass game, best in the league. Can't do anything against Pat Mahomes. But if they could get that run game going on a team like Miami, it's going to show that they can make a real good push in the postseason because Miami's defense is very stout against the run. So they, if they go out and put up uh, over 100 rushing yards at least, I think they take that win. Which is a great point because a lot of people, what they don't recognize about the run games, when you establish that, you have time of possession. And time of possession and winning close football games against good defenses is crucial when it comes down to the numbers. Oh, it's correlated. It, it is definitely correlated, and that's going to start with uh, Clyde the Glide Edwards-Hilaire on Sunday. We'll move forward to a game of a dominant running back this year and a better passing team. We have the 6 and 6 Vikings at the 7 and 5 Buccaneers. The playoff picture, the Buccaneers enter the week with a 92% chance of making playoffs, but if Minnesota beats them, they'll only be looking at a 73% chance. The Vikings meanwhile are fighting for their playoff lives. They enter this week with only a 32% chance and a win could climb them to 64%. A lot on the line. Nico, we'll start with you. Who do you think wins this matchup and why Vikings at Bucks? I have to go with the Vikings here. I think they're making a late-game push with Justin Jefferson coming into his own. He is a fantastic receiver on the edge. And then you have Adam Thielen, your sure-handed wide receiver on the inside. I think they have a great offense. Uh, their defense can hold up with the Bucks. I know Brady has had great games, but he's also had his games where he hasn't looked like Brady. If they can hold the offense to not as many points as they usually score, say like 21, I think the Vikings can put up the points to win that game. It's going to be a great matchup. Levante David 
versus Dalvin Cook. Goose, who do you like this week? You like that? No. No, I don't. I like the Buccaneers in this <laughs> game. Uh, after their bye week, I just think Tom Brady and that team has had a chance to kind of relax again with all the expectations that have been on them this year. Get a chance to have a week off. Really game plan for Minnesota for two full weeks. Uh, I think they're going to have a game plan, and I think they're going to come out strong. I think if Minnesota's defense had the pass rushers they, they're used to having in that defense from the past few years, I'd probably call this game closer to a toss-up uh, because we've seen you get pressure on Brady, you win. Uh, that's just the way it is. Right now with those, with those guys up front, I, I couldn't even name them for you. I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one at home off their bye, I think because it's a must-win game. They slide to 7-6. and six. Now they're with the Vikings. Now they're with all the. They're in the crowd. They got to get to eight and five and kind of find a way to separate themselves just a hair. I mean, the Vikings aren't no scrubs up front. Daniel Hunter, you have Ngakwe. Definitely guys that could get it done, but their O line matchup is going to be one to watch for. And whoever wins that battle up front, I think heavily favors the win in this matchup. We'll move forward to our game of the week. Now, it's only the third game and it's only a one o'clock game, but the reason why it's the game of the week is for the playoff predictions. It's the 6-6 six and six Arizona Cardinals at the 5-7 and seven New York Giants. Oh, yeah, baby. The playoff picture here is Arizona has a 40% chance of making playoffs per FPI. Win, and it becomes 51. But lose, and it becomes 21. The Giants, meanwhile, enter the week at 57% likely to win the NFC East and would rise to 77 with a win. And the only 51 with a loss, kind of an easy schedule. They're expecting Washington and the Cowboys, I bet, to lose some of their remaining games. Goose, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you like for the Cardinals to the Giants? Oh, I like the Giants, baby. This is, uh, you know, they, they did this to me last week. This is what happens. Your team wins one. They're sitting in first place in the division. And you get really happy. And that's where I'm at right now. And again, in the year that 2020 has been, I'm looking for any kind of happiness I can get. I'm going to root for the Giants like hell this weekend. I, I think they have a really good chance to win this one. Why? If this was in Arizona, I'd probably give you the Cardinals. I think West Coast to East Coast, 1 o'clock start. Uh, we don't know what the weather is going to be like. Right now it says partly cloudy, 58 for game time. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins will play this weekend. Uh, so any questions about that are out the window. Don't know about Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side of the ball. We don't know about Daniel Jones. He was a full participant in Friday's practice. Uh, it, it really is a difficult game, and I understand why the line is Arizona only three points. Uh, but I'm going to take the Giants. I think that defense really showed something last week against one of the more explosive offenses in the league, one of the best receivers in the league in DK Metcalf. Now, you're not going to face a receiver with the drop problems that DK Metcalf has. DeAndre Hopkins does not have those problems. And they're gonna, they potentially could get Larry Fitzgerald back. Uh, he's definitely not a drop machine. I just, the way Kyler Murray's been playing the last few weeks, I'm not sold. He's not having that MVP type year that we all thought he might. And uh, I just like the Giants. I like how they're playing. And especially if they get Daniel Jones back, I like that he can just, again, like you, like you early uh, mentioned early, just take care of the football. That's it. That's all he needs to do. We'll get back to that in one second. Nico, the Cardinals are 1-4 over their last five games. Barring a Hail Mary, they should be 0-5. The Giants, meanwhile, are 4-0 in their last four. Who do you like in this matchup, and what's the key if the Cardinals are going to win? I like the Cardinals on this one. The Giants have been playing great football, and that defense is looking very good. But Kyler Murray, if he just uses his feet a little bit more and gets the, more of that running game, he's going to cause so many problems for the defense. Where, yes, the Giants did shut down Russell Wilson last week, but Kyler Murray is something else with the ball in his hands running down the field. I think if he could get that running game going and they can just get D-Hop open, because 
D Hop has been getting PIs after PIs. He can't get the ball into his hands if everyone's uh, causing penalties on him. So I think I gotta go with the Cardinals here. I mean, it's interesting because, like Goose had said, it's two great matchups, two good football teams. And last year, the Cardinals beat the hell out of the Giants. Bad. Beat them down bad. So it's going to be fun to rewatch the matchup this week and this year. Moving forward, the Texans, who are 4-8, and eight, take on the 5-7 and seven Bears. Through Week 6, Chicago held a 71.6% chance to make the playoffs. If you ask now, just 66 And the projected number 12 pick in 2021. And while Houston's playoff hopes ride at less than... 0.1 it does not have a first round pick Nico we'll start with you who wins the matchup Texans at Bears two of the more poorest teams in the NFL have to go to the Texans here the Bears are just they look like bad news Bears it's it's bad over there uh, the Texans have been playing good football the offense is there they're minus Will Fuller this week or for another four or five weeks but I I still think that offense can get it done Sean Watson is a stud he still has receivers on the outside who can get the job done for him. They are missing David Johnson, I believe, though. But they have a great backup in Duke Johnson. And I I have to go to the Texans. Goose, who do you like in this matchup and why? Texans at Bears. They got all kinds of giants. Um, you know what's funny? I learned uh, today in history was when the Chicago Bears declared that they were going to win the Super going to the Super Bowl, going to win the Super Bowl, and came up with the Super Bowl shuffle back in 1985. Well... Look how far we've come since that point. This Bears team is disgusting. I think, I honestly, I'd rather watch the paint dry in my room. I think the Texans win this game. Deshaun Watson, uh, again, just a great, great piece. Again, he's not going to have Will Fuller because he decided to take some steroids. He wasn't supposed to. He's going to blame on his doctor. That's really his fault because he didn't check with the league. But nonetheless, I think the Texans go into Soldier Field and they win. Why? Because I don't know if Chicago could score enough. I really don't. I think... I think when you look at this Texans team, they put up at least 21 to 24 a game. Can Chicago get there? I don't know. I don't have the confidence in them to do that. Uh, and, and again, maybe at home, it's not even going to snow. It's going to be 35 degrees So and, and a little bit sunny. So uh, good luck. I, I like Houston in this game. This brings us to our toilet bowl. Oh, and if, God. And if you're asking why the last matchup wasn't a toilet bowl, I'll tell you why. Because the 4-8 Broncos are at the 4-8 Panthers. The Panthers are out without Christian McCaffrey. And the Broncos are with Drew Locke, but Locke ranks in the bottom four among all 32 qualified QBs in total QBR. He ranks 29th. Completion percentage, he ranks 32nd. In touchdown-interception ratio, he ranks 30th. This is not good football. This is ugly television. Nico, Panthers, Broncos, who do you like? I want to say the Broncos. Drew Locke has been having a bad season, but he has shown flashes where he can play well. He threw the Hulk Hogan here, down 20. <laughs> He he's got swag to him. I think he's I think he's gonna come out of vengeance. This is a game that he could go out and win. The Carolina's defense is nothing special. If if there's any tune-up game for a young QB, I think this is it. Christian McCaffrey owners, not looking good for us. Mike Davis owners rejoice if you're in the playoffs. Goose, who do you like here? Oh man, give me. I, you know, like what? How do you pick this game? Like, look at these teams. One, their entire quarterback room gets COVID. The Panthers have eight players with COVID. Matt, I, Matt, but I like what Matt Rule's doing. So this is a fan favorite game. I like Matt Rule. I really like the kind of coach that he is and what he's Cole becoming. Is fan favorite? <laughs> no, no. This is a fan favorite pick. Oh. It, it, like it, uh, a rooting interest pick. Uh, I'm going to pick the Panthers in this game just because I want to see Matt Rule be successful. 
We move forward to the lopsided bowl, the 8-4 Titans at the 1-11 Jaguars. Jaguars running back James Robinson needs only 42 rushing yards to become the fourth undrafted rookie with 1,000 since the draft era began in 1967. He has seven games with 100 yards from scrimmage, tied with Clark Gaines of 1976, for most by an undrafted rookie. We'll start with you, Goose. Titans at Jaguars. Who do you like? Yeah, that's cute. Derrick Henry has 1,317 yards already this season. Um, Do, do I call the upset? No. Why? Because it's Jacksonville. Tennessee's going to find a way to win this game. More of a tune-up game in my eyes. Um, but somehow, someway, Jacksonville keeps this thing close. I don't think this is a three-touchdown blowout. I think this might be a ten. It might be a seven to ten point game headed into the fourth quarter. Might be one of those where uh, Tennessee scores a late touchdown to push the score a little bit further. But I think after the way they got smacked last weekend, and they really got, they were you know, you want to talk about all the puns you can play around with the Browns. They they crapped all over the Titans. Really, honestly, when you look at it, uh, I think the Titans rebound, and I feel bad for Jacksonville having to play them this week. Nico, who do you like here? Titans at Jaguars. Obviously the Titans. The only person to talk about in the Jaguars is James Robinson. And everyone on the Titans is coming with a vengeance after that game to Cleveland. I think they roll big numbers this week. But if you're a fan, if you're a fan trying to go to this game, and remember, Florida's allowed to have fans because Florida doesn't think there's a virus going on, uh, you can get these tickets as low as $18. $18. You want to spend under 20 bucks on a Christmas gift? Good luck. Uh, if you try to give it to your girlfriend, she's probably going to dump you tomorrow. But if you want to just take your boys out to the game for less than 20 bucks, go ahead. You can go to the Jacksonville game on Sunday. So I prematurely called the toilet bowl because there's so many bad matchups this week. Move on to another toilet bowl. Oh, no. <laughs> the 3-9 and nine Cowboys at the 2-9-1 and one Bengals. There's no playoff prediction. So Dallas has allowed 167 rushing yards per game this season on pace to be the second worst mark in Cowboys history. Um, that opposes to 1960 of 186.8. In most recent history, it's also the worst mark by any NFL team since the 2010 Bills at 169.6. Nico, the Cowboys had all these projections of Super Bowl before the season, and they sit right at the same spot with the Bengals. Who do you like this week? Can't believe I'm saying it, but i got to go with the Cowboys. Both teams are nothing special at the moment, but the Cowboys at least still have a shot at playoffs. They're playing for something. The Bengals at this point are just looking on to next season waiting for Joe Burrow to come back. I got to go Dallas. I mean, Joe Burrow might not even come back, depending on the knee injury and how severe it is and rehabilitation. So the Bengals have a lot of question marks around their franchise for the next at least 14 months, I would say. Goose, who do you like in this matchup? God, I just hate Dallas so much. I really want to... Easy to bet against them I really want to pick Cincinnati in this game. I really, really do. This just seems like a Zeke Elliott... 175 yard game, three touchdowns. Gio Bernard against this against this team. Yeah, you know what? I'm pulling the trigger. Screw you, Dallas. Let's go Cincinnati. This Let's weekend. go Cincy. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take Cincinnati this weekend uh, for none other reason than than I can't stand Dallas. So. You know Let's what? Go with you know what this reminds me of? This feels like a trap game for you, Nico. I feel like you're going to pick Dallas, and they're going to lose marginally. Yeah, but what kind of trap? I think there's Gio like little Bernard goes, traps or there's, bear there's, traps. Gio Bernard goes for 300 yards, and the Cowboys officially count oh, themselves geez. out of playoffs after this. They week. can count themselves out already. Like, I don't it's pick okay. many games, but <laughs> I'm going Bengals. Let's go, Cincy. Growing stripes. Oh, Move forward to the eight and four Colts at the seven and five Raiders. Oh, some good games. Here the, we go. The Colts will sack Carr at least three times. The bold prediction, but I don't think so. Raiders tight end Darren Waller is among second all tight ends in receptions at 77. 
and receiving yards at 742. He's coming off a game with 13 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. But the Colts have allowed the fewest per attempt and fewest touchdowns to tight ends this season. We'll start with you, Nico. You're real familiar with the Raiders. They beat you down last week. Who do you I, like here? I got to take the Colts. I think they shut down Darren Waller. He just had a tune-up game against a terrible defense with the Jets. It was just too easy for him. The Colts are a great defense. They're going to key in on him. They already have a great rush defense to shut down basically what the Raiders rely on most, except for a couple deep balls they get here and there, which I still don't think the Colts let those up. I think the Raiders lose by a good amount, actually, to the Colts. The Raiders have looked very porous. Goose, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, but the problem is you don't know which team you're getting from either team. We've seen the Raiders beat the Saints. They beat them down. We've seen them play with the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs once. They You could have made an argument they should have beat them a second time. We've seen the Colts. They've gone into Tennessee and destroyed the Titans. They then lost at home to that same very team. You know, we really don't know which team we're getting, and it starts at the quarterback position. Both Derek Carr and Phillip Rivers have been Eh, very eh. You know, you don't know which one you're getting on a weekly basis. And I I, I really don't know who to pick here. Um, only because uh, only because he's coming in the booth next week and I, I want to be on his on his good list for Christmas this year. I'm going to take the Raiders. This might be a game you do very well lose. And it raises a lot of questions about the Colts because they're making the playoffs. The problem is your quarterback is 38 and he's on a two-year deal. So... Which, which direction are you really going as a franchise? Is it sellout time, or we, there's a lot of questions that need he to be answered? for Sam Darnold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll move on. Speaking of Sam Darnold, what a, what a segue. The 0-12 Jets at the 8-4 Seahawks. The Seahawks, 97% chance of making the playoffs, need to make up ground to win the NFC West. They have a 33% chance, and even if they win against the Jets, they'll still hold only a 35% chance of jumping the Rams' in the division. And worse, a loss puts them at 23%. No playoff implications to discuss for the Jets because, well, they're 0-12. Nico, this is your team. We will start with you. Is it tank for Trevor, or where's your mind? I say th- they're going to tank for Trevor, but the most Jet thing to do would to go out and get the most surprising win of the season. It is just th- that of the Jets to go and lose their first overall pick to the team that they most definitely should lose to. But I still think the Seahawks are going to win. This is Jamal Adams versus the Jets. Gase versus Jamal. Goose, who do you like? Yeah, I think that's an interesting matchup to watch. And But I think the most interesting part of this game is the money line. Seattle, minus 13.5. That's not even close to big enough. You, they're going to beat <laughs> this team. They're going to wipe this team off the field. Listen, the Jets, it was a great story against the Raiders. Great. If the Raiders hadn't lost 43-6 on the East Coast at a 1 o'clock start the week before, it would have been a bigger surprise. But it really wasn't, okay? And then you end up losing that game, fire your defensive coordinator. Uh, your head coach is basically fired once he locks you up the number one pick. Uh, and then you put that together with the Seahawks, who had an embarrassing loss last week. DK Metcalf, who's going to be very upset that he got shut down by James Bradbury. I, I, D, DK might go for 212 this week. He might go for 212 and two touchdowns. Uh, maybe on 11 receptions. I think he's going to have a huge day against this Jets team. And I think Jamal, Jamal's going to want to blitz the whole day. He's going to be hawking for the ball. He's going to he he's going to be the ghost that Sam Darnold sees on Sunday. Uh, I'm going I'm calling Seahawks in this game by to to well cover. 
the practice ghost comes back. Jamal oh, yeah. Sam. Oh, yeah. We move forward to the battle of five and sevens. We have the Washington football team at the 49ers. Washington quarterback Alex Smith is averaging a league low 5.6 air yards per attempt, the lowest mark by any qualified passer since ESPN began tracking the stat in 2006. Granted, he's comeback player of the year. He's still not getting it done on an NFL term. Goose, who do you like in this matchup? We'll start with you. Right, and I like the point you just made. I want to make that very clear. Listen, Pittsburgh. Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year. The minute he stepped on the field, he was the comeback player of the year. Uh, you know the story. You can go to ESPN to watch it. He almost lost his life. Yeah. This, you know what? This Washington team has been playing really well. I like what they're doing. They have a really disruptive defensive line. And, uh, I again, but they're going up against Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Actually, it's not in San Francisco because they got kicked out of their home. And they're in Arizona now. They looked awful last week in Arizona. I'm going to take Washington in this game. They've just been playing really well. It kills me to say that, obviously, because that means the Giants need to win. But uh, they they just been playing really good ball, and Antonio Gibson's looked really really good, and uh, it, it, Chase Young is emerging, starting to see it. Uh, that whole defensive line is ridiculously good. All first round picks, and, and right. But again, at the same point in time, you know, I just think they're they're super disruptive, and McLaurin makes enough enough big plays uh, in the end. We move on to the battle of the NFC North, the nine and three Packers at the five and seven Lions. The playoff predictions here are the Packers can clinch the NFC North with a win and a Vikings loss in Week 14, but they could also clinch a playoff berth with a win and a loss from either the Cardinals or the Jets. The Packers owe the tiebreaker oh, home the tiebreaker over the Saints, who sits at 10-2, and two, and they enter the week with a 38% chance at the number one seed in the NFC. A win pushes it to 45, but a loss just turns it down to 12%. The Lions, meanwhile, are projected to pick ninth in the NFL, and they have a 2.1% chance to climb to the top five. Goose, we'll start with you because we started with Nico last time. Who do you like in the NFC North battle? Yeah, give me the Packers. I think they struggle in this game. Uh, this might come down. Mason Crosby's been a killer for Detroit throughout his entire career. Uh, this might come down to a field goal, maybe a touchdown game. I think this is a game where Green Bay struggles. I really do. They struggle in Detroit for whatever reason, uh, but Aaron Rodgers is just too good, and they own the psychological advantage over the Detroit, so they might come out fired up and pumped up and all this. Aaron Rodgers got his weapons. He's ready to roll. It's not the weapons they should have because it should have gotten him more help, but he's he's ready to roll with the weapons he does have. Again, another team kind of getting ready here for the postseason. I like I, I like the Packers in this game, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people think. Nico, who do you like? Obviously the Packers, but I think this game goes really quickly to the Packers' side. 21-0, maybe end the first, beginning of second. I think they steamroll early and then just play – conservative football rest of the game it might come to a closer score at the end but Packers take this win very easily Devontae Adams has been playing fantastic football he's clearly the best receiver in football this year and I think he continues it this weekend and we were talking about it last week Devontae Adams physically looks different than everybody else in the NFL period don't give me this Julio talk even D-Hop talk I got Kyler Murray as my quarterback it's Devontae Adams is the number one wide receiver in football. I mean, you got A-Rod as quarterback. I mean, and, and honestly, if you want to give me a second number two, Keenan Allen's up there too. So hold your horses on all that talk about Michael Thomas and D-Hop right now. But we'll move forward to the 10-2 Saints at the 3-8-1 Eagles. Now the stat to know here is Jalen Hurts will be the 11th different quarterback starting in the NFC East this season, the second most by division since 2002 in the realignment, the AFC North in 2015 at 12. It'll be the first time since 2004 all four teams of the NFC East 
Use multiple starting quarterbacks. Obviously, a lot of history in that division. A lot of lot of time spent in football league period, 60-plus years in that division. Who do you like in this week matchup, Goose, with the Eagles having a new quarterback? Oh, this one's going to hurt. Um, they, yeah, but uh, bad one, I know. Uh, the Saints roll in this game. I That defense for the Saints just looks really good. That's a bad matchup for Jalen Hurts to roll right into. Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, all those guys. Um, Anzalone, the linebacker. You talk about Malcolm Jenkins back there heading back to Philadelphia in a revenge-type game. Uh, I think the Eagles are just lucky there's no fans. They might start throwing snowballs at them. Uh, the one, the one kind of, uh, I don't know, toss-up is the weather. It's going to rain. Uh, and you know when the when it rains. We all played football. When it rains, the ball, you know, it can slide. It can, you know, you can uh, fumble, obviously, a little bit more. It's a, It adds a different element to the game. But I just think uh, Taysom Hills looks really good. I'm not ready to anoint him a great, a good starting NFL quarterback, but he's looked good so far, and I think it continues against this Eagle team that just continues to spiral downward. He's better than Daniel Jones. I'll give you that much. Chase Hill is better. I will baller. not give you that at <laughs> all, and I was not a fan of Daniel Jones. I'm still not a fan of Daniel Jones. Nico, move on to you. You guys might think I'm crazy, but I think the Eagles might take a miracle win here. Go Birds! <laughs> The Eagles' defense is better than it actually seems, and I think if they can stack the box and dare Taysom Hill to throw it more than he's taking it on his feet, I think they can get some turnovers and just enough where Jalen Hurts using his feet and getting the ball out with some magic. Jalen Rieger has been, he's not been great, but he has shown flashes where he could have a very big game. I, I think the Eagles could take a miracle win here. And it raises, you, you mentioned Jalen Rieger, it raises a lot of questions on how well they've drafted over the past years. Because it hasn't been well at all. They passed up on DK Metcalf, notably. Passed up on Justin Jefferson this year, notably. So the missed draft picks are now coming in full fruition for the Eagles to see. We'll move forward to the Falcons, who are 4-8 and at the 3-9 and nine Chargers. Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are two of just seven players averaging 15-plus yards per reception with 50 catches on the year. Obviously, the Falcons have played better without Dan Quinn. Goose, we'll start with you again. Who do you like in this matchup? I... You don't I, like the Chargers. I like the officials in this game. I'm rooting <laughs> for them to get out of there safely. Um, I, a couple fans enjoy their drinks. I don't know. I've picked both of these teams throughout the year, and they just continuously let me down. Um, the Chargers don't know either. The Chargers, the Chargers, that was the worst performance of the year last week, and that includes the Jets somehow. Um, yeah, I'm going to. Austin Eckler. Is he back? He's back. He's back? All right. Spark plug for LA. Give it. Give them the win. I, I don't know the Falcons. This team. Oh, these teams stink. Give me the Chargers. Give me Herbert the Sherbert and uh, Austin Eckler. Nico, who do you like? So I gotta go with the Falcons this week. I think the Falcons are a better football team than everyone thinks they are. Their coaching has not been best. I think the Falcons take this win off a Chargers team, which, yes, they've shown flashes. Justin Herbert is a great QB. Or a great rookie QB. He's thrown for over 300 yards several times, but that defense isn't holding up. I think the Falcons win this, maybe not by much, but they do take this win. It's fair to say the Falcons have been a problem of bad coaching considering they've lost three games with a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, the most in the Super Bowl ever by any team over the regular season. Very, very, very up and down here for the Falcons, so I don't mind that pick at all. We'll move forward to the 11-1 Steelers at the 9-3 Bills in our game of the week. Second game of the week. Second, because there's a ton of good matchups and a ton of porous matchups. 
There's a lot going on here. First, the Steelers can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a loss from either the Dolphins, Raiders, or Titans. Now stay with me. They can clinch the AFC North with a win and a Browns loss, and the Bills can also clinch a playoff berth with a win and a loss from each of these three teams, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. The Bills have a 90.8 chance to win the AFC East division, something they haven't done since 1995, where they went to four consecutive Super Bowls following that year. Nico, we'll start with you here. Who do you like for our second game of the week, at Steelers at Bills? Got to go Steelers here. They did play a bad game last week against the Redskins, but the Steelers are still a great team. I know their defense is missing two great linebackers in Devin Bush and... Uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, yes, they're great linebackers that are missing, but that defense is still fantastic. Josh Allen has had fantastic games and terrible games. I think this is one of his terrible games. I think the Steelers win it by maybe a game-winning field goal. It's going to be a very close game, a great one to watch, but I have to go Steelers. Goose, who do you like? And the Josh Allen questions are very valid. Who do you like here? Uh, you know, I'm going to start this. I'm surprised Buffalo hasn't like put in a petition to secede from New York uh, and try to get fans to this game. Because uh, obviously Cuomo's not going to let them have fans. But I'm surprised the Mafia hasn't been like, we got to be at this game. <laughs> uh, I like the Bills in this one. The Steelers, again, you mentioned those two guys going down. But again, here's the problem. With Devin Bush, you were able to get Avery Williamson. Not great, but at least a serviceable serviceable backup uh, in there for the injured Devin Bush. With Bud Dupree, now teams can really focus on T.J. Watt. They can send the double, send the chip to him, uh, as opposed to having to kind of pick your poison. Again, again, you're, you're 100% right. I don't know which Josh Allen we're getting this week. I don't think Josh Allen knows which Josh Allen we're getting this <laughs> week. I'm just going to bet on Josh Allen. Again, call it recency bias, call it whatever you want. I'm going to take the Josh Allen that we had last week. I think he shows up at home, and uh, I think they get this win, and I think the Steelers' uh, downfall continues just a little bit. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say they're going to lose out. Uh, we'll obviously see moving forward, but I like the Bills this week. We move on to our last game of this week before we take you to Thursday to our Monday night game in the battle of the AFC North, the 7-5 Ravens, with the 9-3 Browns. The Browns have a minus... 15-point differential this season, the worst by any team with at least 9 wins through 12 games in NFL history. They're getting blown out in games they should be winning. They've won big games now against good opponents last week against the Titans. We'll start with you, Goose. Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, that just really tells you when they get beat, they get absolutely crushed. Uh, And their wins, again, another team that's allergic to winning big, really, when you think about it and look at their wins throughout the course of the year. Uh... You know, I don't know. Something tells me about this Ravens team. Uh, they're not the same. Lamar's not the same. But it's something psychological over the Browns. Uh, but I think this year's just different. We saw Baker do it a little bit differently last week. You know, at one point in the season, I called him a Walmart version of Kirk Cousins. Uh, seems a little bit harsh and wasn't harsh at the time. But uh, he played really well last week. He threw four touchdown passes. Uh, and, again, I think if that run game gets going, uh, Baltimore's in for a long game because, again, We've seen. How do you beat Baltimore? What did Tennessee do? Kept the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. Time of possession, very important. The, the Cleveland Browns can absolutely 100% do that. Again, this is their biggest home game, I think, in probably the last century or so. Uh, and I just think I think the Browns come out on top. I think they continue continue their winning ways in big games. Fun fact, the Browns have just got flexed to Sunday Night Football in Week 15 against the Giants for the first time since 2018. Oh, we got a lot to say about that matchup Nico, next week. who do you like in this matchup in the Battle of the AFC North? 
I think the Browns might be the better team at the moment, but I think the Ravens come out with this win. I think the Browns just have it embedded in their head that we're just worse than these other teams. There's just something wrong with the culture there and that they're trying to fix this season. They do have a good record, but I still can't bet on them. Lamar Jackson is nowhere near as good as he was last year, but I think they still can pull out this win as long as they... Because Baltimore's rush defense is great, and I think they can stand the test of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I got to go Baltimore. You make a valid point. John Harbaugh definitely has the number over the Cleveland Browns throughout his tenure there with the Ravens. We'll move on to the first game of Week 15, which closes our Week 14 to the Thursday night matchup. The 3-9 and nine LA Chargers at the 7-5 and five Las Vegas Raiders in a battle in the AFC West. Probably no playoff implications here. We'll start with you, Nico. Who do you like here in the battle of the AFC West? Oh, I don't like this game at all. I guess I have to go with the Raiders. I, I don't know. That's a tough one to call because those teams are just hit or miss. It, it's crazy. I don't know. The, the Raiders have been great. They've been terrible. Chargers show flashes, but they still have technically been terrible. So I got to go Raiders. They have more better games than not. I don't know. Tough one. A lot of inconsistency in this matchup, Bruce. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders in a, in a must-win game. That is... Again, we you'll look at the schedules every year, and you're like, oh, this team's got the hardest schedule. There are games in the schedule that if you want to be a postseason team, if you want to even consider making a deep run in the playoffs, you have to win a certain amount, not only a certain amount, obviously, to get to the post. There's certain games on your schedule that you have to win. And if you're the Raiders, you see a 17 playoff this year for the first time. You have the Chiefs in your division. This might be one of your only few chances in the next decade or so with Pat Mahomes extending. But I will tell you, Moltner, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, which I hope you are, uh, bad news for you because I picked Vegas in both of their games, technically, in this week's podcast, which means they're screwed in at least one of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, look for look for them to get at least one win. Again, they have to win that game on Thursday. So it really comes down to this weekend. Uh, and that's, you know, that's going to be a fun matchup. So that wraps up our NFL matchups for episode 29 of week 14 into 15. Goose, you have college football news, high school sports news. Let's get into that. Oh, we got everything, man. You want to talk about college football. Look at the Big Ten. They're starting to cater to their elite, right? They had the six-game requirement that you had to you had to play six games uh, to be eligible for the Big Ten championship. Ohio State struggling to find teams to play. Uh, Michigan canceled on them. No, no the game this year. Uh, which is very upsetting for everybody involved, obviously. Um, you just, and, Let me just say one thing about the Big Ten. Yeah. They are, they're just making up their own rules at this point. You need to play six games to get into a conference, which which breaks their rule they made at right. the beginning of the season. they got a lot of questions around that. But even college football in general is just going to be a wacky, crazy show, really, honestly. You look at it like Iowa State's ranked seventh in the country right now. Texas A&M's on the verge of getting into the college football playoff without winning the SEC title. Is Clemson going to make it? Can they beat Notre Dame? Is Ian Book going to win the Heisman? There's all these question marks. Is it all going to happen? It's all going to come down these next couple weeks. Because at this point, Joel, you really can't afford to be canceling games due to COVID. Now, obviously, if you have to, you have to. But you're really starting to get to crunch time before we hit the college football playoff. Talk about an anomaly year. The number one defensive back unit in the country, Northwestern. They beat out Colorado, who's number two. Bama's only at nine. Oklahoma's up there at four. The fighting Reese Davises. You're finding now that seniors and juniors who have came back and skipped the NFL due to more stock value or whatnot have adjusted better to less training. Right, and it's because of their work ethic. They know the program. They know what they have to do. They know what they have to get done in order to be successful. Um, I just think, you know, that's one of those things. 
senior leadership really starts to take over. And we've seen that on the, on the high school level, Joel. And we talked about Pompton football all year long. As I've covered those games. Um, I, I know Governor Murphy just released uh, guidelines about the spring season. And, uh, you know, that's going to start, I think it's April 1st, can be the first practice for the spring season. Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen with the winter. I, you know, right now everything's up in the air. Schools are closed until mid-January. Who knows what's going to happen? It's uh, really up in the air. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, it's it's unfortunate. When you have your show with Dr. Pete tomorrow, maybe throw out the idea of maybe wrestling outdoors. What's up in the spring? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think they're going to have to get creative. Get they're going to have to get mm-hmm. creative. It's not going away anytime soon. Uh, we see that. We know there's vaccines. It's not going away right away, uh, so they got to get creative. they got to come up with some innovative plans to get that stuff done. Now, a league that's going to start up soon, that's CNBA. We're going to talk a lot about that with Moltner. Those are finals predictions next week. MVP, uh, who might be rookie of the year, all that good Talking stuff. Talking about that awful top 100 list, probably get into the meat of that. Also, we next week we do have to talk about Ob Toppin saying Burger King is better than Chick Fil A. Uh, bad start to his New York Knicks career. Uh, very, very bad actually. Uh, but we'll get into all that good stuff next week. But some of the big news coming out this week: Paul George, five-year, two hundred twenty-six million dollar waste of a contract extension. Why uh, pandemic P is anything but uh, a great, a great guy in the postseason, uh, deflecting blame, doing all this good stuff. I'm not a fan of Paul George. I know he's a good player. Not a fan of him, to be completely honest with you. James Harden now needs six negative, six consecutive negative tests. Why? Because he went to little baby's birthday party in Atlanta. Then he went to the Vegas nightclubs and likely strip clubs. I'm going baby on baby. Uh, and he was two days late to training camp. Going so baby, but still, you know, this everywhere. is uh, we saw this with like Lou Williams when he, you know, when he was trying to come back into the bubble. These guys are going to have to face certain consequences for not showing up on time and doing the wrong things. He also flaunted it on social media. It's just something you can't do. He purposely did that. Of course he out did. There. He does not want to be in Houston. Well, it's that's like, that's great. He's writing an essay right now, and when your teacher's like, oh, give me another paragraph, another two paragraphs, and you throw in a bunch of letters and white space them, that's him writing down the Milwaukee Bucks and 76ers on his list. He don't care where he goes. He's not going to He just does Bucks. not want to be in Houston. We're gonna, the only people hurting by this are the Houston strip clubs. We're, we're going to talk about that even more next week, about where he could, where he could potentially go. He's not going to Milwaukee. Him and Giannis hate each other. Uh, so that's not going to happen. 250 word filler, you know. Uh, you know, but uh, we'll go from there. But that's, uh, you know, and Jolan, that's really the big stuff. One note in college football, Army-Navy game on Saturday. First time it's going to be at West Point since November 27th, 1943. You might ask, when the hell was that? Right in the middle of World War II. That was the last time it was held at West Point in Orange County, New York. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Philly... Wasn't going to let uh, the cadets and the midshipmen come down. West Point would. So, game on. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you don't know what this game means, it officially means the end to the regular season of college football. They do it every year, and this should be just one of those great memories it, again. It usually is the lone game uh, on a Saturday. It's usually the break between the end of the regular season and the conference championship week. It's sandwiched right in there, so it could be on its own stage. Not going to happen due to COVID, just naturally. But uh, I just I did want to put that in there, and we're just gonna finish up with the Mets. You know, they're talking to catcher James McCann. He's on the verge of signing a deal. I'm hearing somewhere in the range of four years, forty million dollars. That's what they're talking about right now. George Springer looks like a deal to the Mets is gonna happen. Is Trevor Bauer coming? Do the Mets have enough money? Yes, or, we do. Well, it's our, <laughs> check season. 
our owner's worth $14 billion, so I'm not sure he cares about paying the luxury tax. So I would go ahead and try to sign Trevor Bauer, but you got to try and get George Springer, James McCann. Real Muto doesn't seem like a possibility anymore. Not really anyway. He's a 30-year-old catcher looking for $150 million. Not your best investment. I'm no math guy. Not a great idea. Um, but, you know, and that was, a, that was a lot of information really quick. But that's going to do it this week, Cholan. It's been it's been a fun episode. Nico, thank you for joining us. I know it's been really fast-paced here, especially in the last few minutes. It's uh, It's been pretty wild. So, Nico, I know you're not a big social media dude. Do you have any last words to listeners, Jet Nation, anything like that? Fire Adam Gase. Extend Adam Gase. You heard him, folks. <laughs> extend him once he gets you Trevor Lawrence. Extend him. Uh, no, I, thank you guys for listening again. If you want to be on the show, reach out to Jolan or I, uh, preferably Jolan, yeah, as I'll be in the middle of in. 30 hours worked in the past two days. Um, but uh, just keep just keep letting us know what you think. Uh, you know, we had we had a good friend Pat Berg reach out to us, and it's he he texted us a specific point in the podcast that he did not like a take. That's what we're talking about, ladies That's and my gentlemen. Guy, Berg. Keep letting us slide. know whether you like the podcast, don't like the podcast. Again. Catch me at WTBQ and WGHT, 12.15 p.m. with uh, Dr. Prisbolinski from the Pontelex High School. Uh, this show is going to be called Goose and Doc. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Another sports show. We're going to keep it rolling. Uh, Jolan, uh, you you know, you know this, but people can always find me on Twitter, at Gosker56, or on Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. Uh, where might the people be able to find you? and the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at airitout.podcast or me on Twitter and Instagram at goodoldjoles. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it rolling. Again, some great picks. If you're going to do some gambling this weekend, enjoy, be responsible, stay safe, wear your damn mask, do your part. Pay your bills first. Yeah, well, pay... <sighs> Just throwing it out there. Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought, you know, listen, pay your bills, wear your mask, do whatever you got to do. But until episode 30 and until week 15 in the NFL, Jolan. Gamble responsibly. Put it in the books.